Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's a Religion. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the, to the Republic, not the democracy for which it stands. Two nations under God, quite divided, with liberty and justice for some. So, President Trump announced last night that he is going to run for president in 2024, and the knives immediately came out. And uh, it's going to be an interesting roller coaster. When, uh, you know, voting systems are a joke in this country, for the most part, in a lot of areas. We see the debacle that just happened down in Arizona, and what an absolute freak show that was. And uh, stuff like that out in Nevada, where they just kept counting votes until one side wins. And it's, it's a sad state, folks. But this is what you get when you have a man-centered society, when you don't have a God-centered society, when you don't have a, a society centered on the rule of law in a true sense, when you don't have a society centered on a, a, an objective form of the truth. And you've been feeding people lies for years and years and years, starting with the theory of evolution almost, what, two, almost 200 years ago now. And then removing God from our classrooms, removing God from our society, saying that somehow if you serve in public office, you cannot acknowledge God. You, you know, it's just, it's interesting because I see locally, you know, we still say a prayer before service of uh, our county board, as a for instance. And it's been that way for the whole time we have been here. Now, granted, maybe not as many people uh, are... Uh, true to the living God, true to the God of the Bible, as what they used to be. And again, I just got into some of the reasons why that is. Um, and people are drawn from him into their own sin easily, right? Even people who love God are drawn into sin at times. And when we see what's going on in our society today, it's not a surprise and it shouldn't be. We shouldn't be surprised that, that people who are godless uh, are easily deceived and easily uh, manipulated uh, because people who are God-full can be deceived and manipulated as well. But there's an intentionality right now to, to draw this country into a direction that is godless, that is um, one of secular humanism, one of deviancy, one of many things that we were never intended to be at the founding of this country. Now you can say, well, that doesn't matter because we're not at the founding. We're at the 11th hour here. And when you look at Roman society way back in the day when it was founded as a republic um, and then it became a dictatorship over time, uh, we're headed that direction right now. And there's some people who would be just fine with that. Um, Many of us are not. Many of us like the free society that we had. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out in the end. But uh, the thing that, that I'm encouraged by, and you should be too, that God is in charge. He is in control. Nothing is above him. No president, no potentate on the earthly in the earthly realm is above the Lord God Almighty and his son, Jesus Christ. And we can have great confidence in that. And 
So, you know, we look at uh, what happened in the initial stages of the church in the New Testament and the just awful way in which the Roman government treated it in a lot of ways until uh, the Emperor Constantine came along and made it the religion of the Roman Empire. It was a disaster for many years, and yet God was faithful through that, and people were converted. People were brought to the truth, and we have to hope and pray that that will still be the case, that, that people will be exposed to the truth, people will learn the truth, people will accept the truth, and people will walk in the truth. What is the truth? Well, it's found in the Bible, uh, and we here at It's a Religion believe that the Bible is the the true word of God and you can stack that against pretty much everything else whether it be evolution Mohammedism Shintoism uh, Hinduism whatever ism you want to throw at it and it will stand the test and it is the only faith in which there's a living God who cares for you who came and died for you who rose again paid the price of sin that separates us from a holy God and has brought us into a renewed relationship with him. And that's where we encourage you to be. So how do we understand this guy? Well, we read the Bible. We start there and we started in Genesis 1 where we found out that God created everything through his son, Jesus Christ. And there is a purpose to this life. You are created in the image of God. You have value and worth because of that. So from I'm going to begin today in Genesis 20. We've been through the, uh, the creation, the flood, and now we're in the life of Abraham and following his track because that is the line uh, of people, the people group that uh, Jesus Christ came through. And it also uh, created a lot of other people groups along the way. But um, it's the important line that Jesus comes through, and that's what the Old Testament is truly about is how did the Messiah get here and where did he come from? And this is God's story to us as to how that occurred. So we have uh, in Genesis 20. From there, Abraham journeyed toward the territory of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur, and he sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Now Sarah's like 90 years old, man. Are you kidding me? But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother and in the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not return her, you know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So God's pretty serious about marriage, folks. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all the things 
And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? And how have you sinned against, and how have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you see that you did this thing? And Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is the kindness you must do to me at every place to which we come. Say of me, he is my brother. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you. And before every one, you are vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So, uh, we have the Lord... Um, taking care of Abraham, even though he's once again causing some mischief. You know, he had done this earlier when he went to Egypt, if we remember right, right? Which is where he kind of got his start in life. But men in their own wisdom are faulty, um, do not have good direction a lot of times, do not have the right way in which they should go. And we need direction from God. We need direction from the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, in the, the life that we have in God now. And Abraham had direction from God, but you see here, he didn't go to that first, did he? He goes in and says, oh, tell him you're my sister. And then Abimelech's about to sin with her, and God's like, hey, hold up. You know, my servant Abraham, who apparently I need to take care of, you know, God didn't say it like that. He didn't. He wasn't vindictive about it at all. He just did what was necessary to achieve his plan, right? And so even if the United States of America falls into desolation, um, it's still going to be okay because his plan will be in work, in process. And the return of our Lord Jesus Christ will be a wondrous, beautiful, amazing sight that will bring God even more glory because of the destitution of this planet and the evil uh, people who are ruling it right now and you hear bits and pieces of things that go on it just boggles my mind but it amazes me too how easy it is for some of this stuff to be uh, bottled up and for the true information about it not to be made widely known when you have access to information from all over the world instantaneously and yet um, information is still controlled to a certain degree so we'll see if trump can pull it off i uh, have my doubts with all the forces that are aligned against him uh, but god right but god so i hope and pray that that uh 
that he'll manage to, to do this, to get it back and to change things for the better for this country. And really, when this country is great, the world will be a better place. That's the thing most people don't get. People may envy this country. People may um, have an issue with the United States of America thinking it's pompous or this or that or whatever. But the thing they don't realize is when America's great, the world is a better place. And we are losing our greatness at a very fast rate right now because of uh, policies of the left, policies of uh, communism and socialism and uh, things that this country was never founded to be. So, Lord God Almighty, thank you for a new day. Thank you for your grace and mercy and peace and joy in our lives. Lord, I pray anybody that hears this today would be encouraged in their faith and those who might not know you would come to know you um, and that you would be magnified and glorified. I thank you for creating us, for sustaining us, and for being with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. So thank you for being here today. I hope you have a blessed day. If you do not know the Lord, uh, read the book of John. Get to know him. You can always go back and read the Old Testament later. Uh, you know, you could read a few chapters in Genesis to see how things got started. But the New Testament is the testament that we live under today. So start with the book of John and, and see what that has to say. Oh, wrong one. Have a good day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Lord, for the small things Like me and her on a porch swing For summer nights and fireflies And the sound of my old six-string Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings If I still got breath in these lungs Then that's all I need to get down on my knees And be thankful for all that he's done For my mama, for my friends